Episode 17, How an Ungrateful List Can Increase Your Gratitude. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally, and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Welcome back, everybody. In the U.S., it's almost Thanksgiving, which is our American harvest holiday. It commemorates the pilgrims who made the difficult sea journey from Europe over to Plymouth, Massachusetts on the east coast of the USA. This created one of the first Western settlements there, with the generous help of Native Americans who had been living on the land for many years. Around Thanksgiving time, many Americans like to focus on gratitude. I love the idea of starting the holiday season with gratitude. Each Thanksgiving, no matter where we are in the world, my family has a tradition of listing things we're grateful for on a long receipt roll. Each of us take turns writing things that we're grateful for, and then we roll out the receipt roll across the Thanksgiving table so we have a visual representation of our long, long list of blessings. We get a wide gamut of items listed on there, including everything from family to shoes to strawberries. I love getting to think both broadly and deeply about what we're thankful for. Being abroad for holidays can be filled with novelty and adventure. For example, I loved participating in China's harvest holiday last month. They call it the full moon festival. They celebrate by making and eating mooncakes and giving pomelo fruits. There are many harvest and Thanksgiving festivals held all over the world. In West Africa, they have the yam festival. In Korea, they have Chuseok. The Tamil people celebrate Tai Pongal, and Jewish people celebrate Sukkot. Wherever you live, your Thanksgiving celebration might look a little bit different. And while that's exciting and interesting and novel, the holidays can also be a time where people long for things that are familiar, and they want to be with people they love from their home. The holidays can bring up all sorts of feelings for expats. Some people might feel disappointment, homesickness, tenderness, or even loneliness. Especially if they want to be home in their home country or with their extended family for the holiday, and they can't. This year, during COVID-19, many expats are staying in their host countries instead of traveling back to their home countries. Regardless of how you're feeling about the holidays, I want to offer you a very simple tool that can help you feel more peace and gratitude this year and it may be a little bit different than you expect. Before we jump into the episode, I want to let you know that I offer a free video course called How to Feel Better as an Expat Mom. Whether you're an expat mom who feels fine but would love to be more productive and feel amazing, or if you're struggling as an expat, feeling overwhelmed and discouraged and just want to feel better, this free course will help offer you three tools to shift out of feeling stuck. You can get immediate access to the course by clicking on the link in the show notes. Let's start by briefly discussing the science of why gratitude helps us feel better. Gratitude is powerful in affecting how we feel. When we think thankful thoughts, it triggers the release of serotonin and dopamine, two neurotransmitters that create the feeling of happiness. 
Dr. Robert Emmons, a psychologist at UC Davis and the author of the book, Thanks, How the New Science of Gratitude Can Make You Happier, did a study with individuals. He asked one-third of them to write down daily what they were thankful for. He asked a third of them to write down things that irritated them, and a third could write down whatever they wanted each day. After eight weeks, he found that those who wrote down things they were thankful for were significantly happier. Those who wrote down things that irritated them were less happy, and those who wrote down whatever they wanted didn't show a significant change in happiness. It's fascinating. The act of writing down things we're thankful for can help us feel better. This has been confirmed over and over in various studies. It's almost so simple, it seems dismissible. But don't be deceived. Sometimes the most powerful shifts occur by doing something simple repeatedly over time. I would challenge you between now and the end of the year to pull out your phone or keep a piece of paper by your bed and write something you're thankful for before you go to sleep. You might be surprised at the result. I've done this off and on throughout my life. Recently, I've been specifically writing something I'm thankful for about my kids. I got this idea from Rachel Nielsen, who's the host of a podcast called Three in 30. She tells the story about struggling with motherhood and how simply writing down three things that she was thankful for about her kids that day, little moments, sweet things that happened, transformed her motherhood. I have noticed a similar thing. Knowing that I will be writing something in the evening has trained my brain to look for things that I'm thankful for, rather than noticing the things that my children are doing wrong or how they need to improve. If we let our lower brain operate on default, it will look for the negative. This programming helps us look for and avoid danger physically and emotionally, but it also causes us to focus on negative things more than positive things. And all the focus on negative things causes us to feel irritated, discouraged, and inadequate. We can train our brains to look for things deliberately. Making a habit to notice and record the positive helps to rewire our brains to see the positive that is already around us, but we just haven't been focusing on. This all sounds lovely, except for one thing. The brain likes to sabotage us. When we are only deliberate about what we are grateful for, sometimes our brain rebels. Our brain is programmed to notice the negative. It's almost like a software we come programmed with. Although thinking about and writing down things we're grateful for is powerful, the brain likes to sabotage us. Often when we think of something we are grateful for, a sneaky little thought about what we are not grateful for will crop up as well. For example, we might think, I'm so thankful I get to be with my immediate family for the holidays. And then the brain pipes in, but it would be really nice if we could be back in my home country with my parents too. Or we might think, I'm so grateful for my health. And then the brain adds subtly, but I wish I could lose a few pounds. Do you see the issue here? The brain is sneaky. It likes to highlight what it is not thankful for, even when we are trying to be grateful. Or we might sincerely feel grateful for our family without any caveat, but our brain reminds us that our boss is truly unfair, or that the kids are fighting downstairs. Or we may be able to list some things we are sincerely grateful for, but our list of things we're not grateful for is so long that it drowns out the joy we might feel from the gratitude, from our gratitude list. So I want to teach you how to take back control of your mind so you can enjoy the full, powerful benefits of unconditional gratitude. It does not include pretending everything is rosy. 
Actually, pretending everything is fine usually makes things worse, not better. The way to help address the sabotage our brain wants to offer us is actually to give voice to the things you are not grateful for, as well as the things you are grateful for. Of course, living in a constant complaining and focusing on ingratitude is not a healthy place to dwell. However, doing it in conjunction with what we are grateful for can have some very helpful outcomes. This year, in addition to making a gratitude list, I want to suggest that you make an additional list of things that you are not grateful for this year. What? Yes, I mean it. I want to recommend that you make an ungrateful list this year. Now, I know what my clients would say. I'm trying to feel more grateful, not less. And if I go listing all the things I'm not grateful for, I'll just spiral down into negativity. And they're right. If we spend lots of time thinking about and analyzing and dwelling on things we aren't grateful for, it can breed more negativity. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about listing one phrase or sentence that indicates something challenging for you that you aren't grateful for right now. It could be something you're currently going through or something that you've been ungrateful for in the past. I recommend that you divide your journal or paper in half. On the left side, list something that you are not grateful for. On the right side, list the things that you are grateful for related to that item or event. This may be challenging because your brain is used to thinking about this item or experience or person as negative. So if you have a harder time thinking of what you're grateful for about this situation, you're doing it right. Keep going. It means you're helping your brain reprogram itself. Just because you list things on the right side of your paper that you are grateful for doesn't mean you have to give up the feelings of disappointment or frustration for the experience on the left side. You can keep those. However, it can relieve a lot of suffering and irritation to realize that in the same situation, there are things that are as true or truer that you are grateful for about the situation. Here's the list I wrote last night. Thing I'm not grateful for, the cold. Thing I'm grateful for about the cold. I love cozy sweaters, boots. I love warm herbal tea. I love pumpkin muffins, snuggling in blankets and warm baths. And all those things aren't nearly as nice without the cold. Item I'm not grateful for, when my kids are loud and screaming. Item I am grateful for related to loud kids. I know I could probably have quiet kids if I turned on a screen, but I'm thankful that my kids are happy and engaged and energetic and not glued to a screen when they're being loud. Item I'm not grateful for, bouts of depression. Item I am grateful for related to depression. I appreciate peace and joy so much more and feel it so much more deeply after I've felt depression. The contrast reminds me how amazing these emotions are. Let me share three reasons why listing what you are not grateful for and finding what you are grateful for about those things can be a helpful exercise. First, it can help us see the contrast of having something and not having it. This contrast often deepens our appreciation for things and can help us recognize what we value. For example, when someone passes away, we recognize more deeply what they meant to us when they were living. When we're sick, we appreciate our health more. This contrast allows us to not take things for granted. I grew up in the U.S. and never thought twice about my access to clean running water. Then I moved to Africa where we had to gather water from a dirty stream or pump water from the well. I certainly was not grateful then for the extra work of getting clean water. 
but for the last 20 years, I deeply appreciate potable water. Sometimes we don't even know how thankful we are for something until it's taken away. Negative experiences can increase gratitude because we realize how important something or someone is to us. Along with our tradition of our thankful list, our family has another tradition on Thanksgiving that helps us think about what we aren't grateful for too. This tradition was handed down to us from my grandparents and parents. We place five kernels of corn on each plate. We read a short account of the first winter after the pilgrims landed in Plymouth. Many were sick and died. There was a shortage of food, so much so that some pilgrims only had a ration of five kernels of corn per day. Those pilgrims had a lot to be ungrateful for that first winter. I'm sure they were not grateful to be starving, freezing, sick, and uncertain about their future. However, having been through that experience, I can't even imagine what that first Thanksgiving would have been like to be able to spread a table full of food that they had planted and grown themselves. They must have been so deeply grateful for it because of the contrast of what they had suffered the year before. I think it's particularly interesting that this difficult experience is ironically what inspired a national holiday that causes millions of people to think about gratitude. The same can be true for us. Giving voice to what we aren't grateful for helps us appreciate the opposite more. The second reason that making an ungrateful list can be useful in helping us increase our gratitude is that the way we see things changes over time. Sometimes the things that we aren't grateful for now can become the very things we are most grateful for later. Recognizing this can provide a helpful perspective when we have a lot of things on our ungrateful list. There have been years when one item on my hypothetical ungrateful list was so painful, I could hardly think of things to write on my grateful list. Over time, however, many of those same things have become the very things I was most thankful for on my grateful list at a later time. As I think back over the years, I can see this clearly. One example of this in my life was having a colicky baby. I felt so bad that my baby was so unhappy all the time, and it was exhausting to have a child who constantly cried. I wanted to help her. I didn't get a lot of sleep, and I felt discouraged. I felt like I had tried everything I knew, and nothing worked. This was definitely at the top of my hypothetical ungrateful list that year. But it's interesting in years later that as painful as that experience was, it has carved out a deep compassion in me for other moms who have challenging children. Even if their struggles are different, I have learned to never judge because mothering can be so challenging. It's worth thinking back to past times in your life about what seemed particularly hard. Things that might have been on your past hypothetical ungrateful list. Then, Brainstorm with your later perspective why you are thankful for that difficult experience. The reason this is powerful is that life often changes subtly. We forget how the things that we weren't grateful for at one point can become the very thing we're grateful for later. When we see a pattern of this in our lives, it can begin to change our perspective about hard things that we're currently going through. We can see that the very things that are hard now might be something we'll be grateful for later. This is a particularly important principle we can apply this year with so many changes to our normal lives that have been affected by COVID-19. It could be interesting to list COVID-19 on your ungrateful list. Then list what you are thankful for about COVID-19 right now on your grateful list. 
In addition, it could be interesting to ask yourself how you'll feel about COVID-19 in 5, 10, or even 20 years. Is it somehow helping to mold or create you in a way that you'll be grateful for then? The third reason it can be helpful to make an ungrateful list is that our brains tend to think that we should be grateful after we get what we want. It's true that that is often easier. We're most naturally inclined to feel thankful after we get what we want. However, that is not the only time that gratitude is useful. In fact, gratitude can be much more powerful when we're in the midst of something we aren't grateful for. Making a list of things we aren't grateful for can be the catalyst to ask ourselves if there is anything we are grateful for surrounding that situation. Once we get what we want, we already feel a measure of happiness. Gratitude enhances, deepens, and enriches that. But when we need gratitude the most is when we're in the midst of something challenging. While making a list of our blessings is important, when all we do is list the things that we are grateful for, we miss the chance to experience the happiness benefit of gratitude when we need it most because we may not notice much that we are grateful for about things we're struggling with. The truth is, we don't have to be pleased with our situation in order to be grateful. Gratitude for a difficult situation is different than gratitude in a situation. Two opposite feelings can coexist. We can feel disappointed about our situation and feel thankful at the same time. Gratitude is an emotion. We can create it at any time we choose by the way that we think. By making both a gratitude list and an ungrateful list, we can acknowledge that both feelings can exist. Even if the brain knows this, it tends to focus on and blow up the negative to be bigger than the positive. Training our brains to see both negative and positive in the midst of difficult things can bring us a lot more peace and hope. For example, when my mom was passing away from cancer, I was experiencing a lot of grief. Of course, I would never choose to lose her, and I certainly was not thankful to lose her. And at the same time, I was so thankful to get to spend time with her in her last days. I lived far away and hadn't gotten to spend as much time with her as I would have loved. I was able to get a last-minute plane from China back to Colorado to be with her in the last few days. I was thankful to be able to get that flight, and I was thankful to be able to spend time with her. I was thankful for my cute friend who was willing to watch my kids while I was gone. In that experience, my grief or sadness coexisted with my gratitude. In my experience, there are often just as many positive things as negative things about difficult experiences, but the brain doesn't naturally notice them. We have to train the brain to look for them. It doesn't mean you ignore the pain. It simply means that you can hold the pain in one hand and the gratitude in the other. Just like holding two heavy things, it can help keep you balanced. So let me recap the three reasons why making an ungrateful list, in addition to your grateful list, can help increase your gratitude. Number one, the contrast of not having something can help deepen our gratitude because we recognize how much it means to us. And we can come to see things differently when we look at them side by side. Number two, we can see that how we see things over time changes. The things we aren't grateful for now can be some of the things that we are most grateful for later. And number three, it can help our brains see good and bad in difficult situations simultaneously so we can benefit 
from gratitude even in difficult circumstances. If you want to reroute the neural pathways that are used to finding and focusing on the negative, and you want to feel more gratitude, consider keeping two lists. You can keep a journal or a piece of paper by your bed. Before you go to bed, divide the paper in half. On the left side, think of something you are ungrateful for now, or something you were ungrateful for in the past. And on the right side, list something you are grateful for related to that same thing. This would probably take you less than a minute. If you do this most nights between now and the end of the year, you might be surprised at the simple impact on your life this may have. You may find that you see the difficult things in your life slightly differently. It doesn't mean everything will be fine and perfect, but instead of only focusing on the bad, your brain can also begin to see some good. And what if you stored your lists with your holiday supplies so you could look at them next year? As the years go on, wouldn't it be interesting if the thing that you are not grateful for this year is the exact thing you are grateful for in one, five, or 10 years? Wouldn't it be powerful to have that perspective to pull out of the hard things that we're currently going through? This week on Instagram, I'm going to be posting daily. I'll be sharing something that I was ungrateful for when it happened, but something that has later come to be something I'm deeply grateful for and why. Come check it out at the expat mom coach. I'd love to hear your examples as well. And if you want to feel more gratitude and less irritation and resentment, sign up for a free 30 minute mini coaching session. I would love to help you apply some of the tools that have really helped me feel better and more grateful in my life. Now I know what you're thinking. How can you feel different in 30 minutes? You might be surprised at how powerful and high-speed coaching can be. Often, a few questions can dramatically shift your perspective. I know, because it's happened to me many, many times. I still get coaching because I recognize how powerful it is in helping me feel better. So get on and schedule a free mini coaching session. I'd love to help you with anything that will help you feel better. If you'd like help applying the tools you're learning on this podcast, sign up for a free private 30 minute mini coaching session on any topic you'd like help on. You can schedule it on my website, theexpatmom.com forward slash schedule. Also, if you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes to help other people find it. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.